Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. We got on air a little late today because of some internet difficulties, but here we are. So it is Friday, and we are hoping that we hear from some of you. 914-338-0164 is the call in number. Please do press one if you'd like to speak with us. And um we also invite our callers and listeners to join us on Facebook and Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our blog talk radio profile. Um, (laughs) My brain today. Uh, Neil and Kristen Baker, psychic. I'm multitasking here, tweeting and talking. Too much, too much for my brain at this hour. Um, Anyway, Neil, why don't you get us started? Because I gotta go get my book. We had to change our locations today, location. Okay. I guess I'm here. Okay. Okay. So while we're waiting for callers, there's always a lot to talk about in terms of psychic energy and uh, how we connect to it and translate it. That's a problem sometimes in the translation of psychic energy. Uh, I, I like to say that when I, when my experience is I get a vibration and that vibration I have to translate into a language. I've learned how to do that over the years. However, then uh, what comes up oftentimes is not a vibration, but a picture. I I like to call them pop-ups that just sort of you're doing a reading and suddenly something pops up doing a reading and um, said, gee, I'm seeing some black clothes around you. And Gal said, well, I, I'm wearing a black shirt or, you know, I, I, I'm seeing a tea. Oh, well, right now I just poured some tea. So those, those are, I, I, I plug those in as connections. When you're making a re, when you're doing a reading, you get these instant connections that oftentimes don't mean anything, but just knowing that you are connected, like tapping the computer to make sure the screen stays on. So, now, but there are days and times when those pop-ups mean something, and you have to kind of follow a trail and figure out what it all might mean. But since we're waiting for callers, I want to talk about what we can talk about is the trail of energy in a birth date. Birth dates have trails of energy in them. Every number is corresponding to an energy form. And those energy forms are significant in terms of one's individual energy towards that zone. So that means that someone who has the same birth date is not going to have the same energy field regarding the, the numbers. Somebody may have a low frequency one. Somebody may have a high frequency one. Somebody may be stuck in a one energy karma, or somebody may have transcended that energy by the time they were a certain age. So the number systems are contingent on a person's energy field, in addition to their destiny and karma. It's true, and we were watching a special prime show, which we often watch, because it's really interesting to compile numerology book and study the birth dates of people that are involved in crimes or have 
premature tragic deaths. And there was a woman who actually was 25-7. You would think, oh, great master number, um, you know. And I, I, it really didn't go into much about her life. I mean, she seemed to be very cultured, lived in Israel, was from Israel, and then moved to various places, spoke several different languages, um, got married, and anyway, ended up dying I believe it was at 32 years old. She was 25 seven, so it was seven, seven, uh, seven years beyond her karmic number. So one cycle beyond her karmic number. But her birth date um, was 11, 1174. So you know, controversial 11s and 11s going on everywhere. Her death was actually investigated as a homicide by her husband, which she was cleared of. She actually had a pre-existing heart condition that wasn't found doctors, um, but the medical examiner found the damaged part of her. One of, not a, it was a private medical examiner, not the um, coroner, that found this uh, damaged area of her heart that caused her premature death. See, that's our theory of numerology, because she's born 11-11? but it's 25-7, so, you know. Well, but it doesn't matter, because 11-11s right. make up four. Right, and, and it's And then hard. four is completed in the year right. as a number. And her issues revolved heart. Right. So what that means is that she comes into the planet with a broken heart, a, a shattered heart due to karma. Now, she lives to be 32. 32. And her master number is seven. Yeah. So she went five years, seven years, seven years beyond, beyond. Her, her karmic number. She was one. Actually, she died a few days short of her 33rd birthday. She died on like the seventh, I believe, or something. But anyway, she was still on a multiple of seven beyond. Now, some of us are by destiny. That was probably destiny. Destiny, (laughs) definitely. Uh, We have to come down and finish our life. And what was really sad about it, can I just add something before you go on? What's really sad about it is the husband, they had two children together, and the children were very young when the mother died. And what it seems to what, according to my investigative research, it seems that the the husband is still single. You know, he never remarried. It looks like he's single dad, and you know, this was the love of his life. They had this really beautiful relationship, according to all the family members, including her mother. Everyone supported him in the in the trial because there was really no motive for him to to kill her. The evidence was bad. You know. They didn't have good evidence. Well, he was him. cleared. That he was might, cleared. There might be some karma that he had to go through with that, too. Right. But That's what I'm stating. See, you know, we didn't the get difficulties with 25 equals 7 is the attitude of the multiple of the 7. So your multiples of 7 are 21, 28, 35. Her karmic number is 25, which is not a multiple of 7. So now she's got this attitude of... Uh, either three years away from a multiple, 21 to 25, and it's actually four years. So now you've got a four-year theme still going on because her karmic number is 25 equals seven. Seven times three is 21. That's four years away, and that four is part of her karmic energy. However, she dies at 32, and that's three years away from the next multiple of seven, which would be 35. And her higher transcendent number is three from 1974. So that three gets sucked into the attitude of 32 to 35, three-year lapse. Now, in numerology, you analyze it that way. That's, well, in numerology, you don't analyze it that way. In our theme, we, we do. So it's so common numerology is what you're saying. But I mean, a 34-7 has gaps too. It's not divisible. So there's yeah, problems. This, in this case, yeah, but yeah. In, this case it's, in this case, it's 32 equals 5. So yeah, 32 equals, well, no, 32, 25 equals 7 is her karmic number. 25 equals 7. And she died at 32. At 32. So, so that means three years away from the next multiple of 7. And 3 is her higher 1974 number. So, what does this mean? Well, if we were doing her reading, we would we would explain that at eleven, eleven is not good news. 
we wouldn't make any dire predictions predictions in in a fi- final way, but we would we would absolutely talk about the heart and the conditions of the heart. Have her heart checked out? I don't know if she had. If they found this out later, well, she the mother when in the testimony of the court, the mother was um, was questioned, and she said, "My daughter was complaining to me of having these blackouts." And not being able to faint and not be able to feel her lower extremities. And she never went to get her heart checked. However, I don't really know if it could have been avoided anyway, because it was a kind of a deadly condition. I mean, well, I think, you, you was, know, you have to look at the psyche of the person. Were, were they typically negligent? Were they typically avoiding doctors? No, I no, I don't think so. I mean, they were very wealthy, so they had access to medical well, care. Well, she's fainting and can't lower, feel her lower extremities. She could have been composed of just destiny and karma. It was yeah, it's happen weird. And her her psyche was blocking anything from from finding some sort of remedy, but. But it it's a little strange because she's born in 74, and that's her master number and the heart completed. So in looking back at this, in hindsight, I, I think there was a destiny factor that could have been avoided. Something happened in the woman's life. For instance, if she had come to us and we said to her, "Look, you need to go to the doctor. You need to go. You need you need to go immediately." I think she would have gone. So now she learned three languages. I don't know that she was three. I don't know that. Three. I didn't say three. I she multiple. Several. Well, I mean, yeah, several. I think she. I'm trying to. But what was her job? What did she do? She, I don't think she, um, you know, didn't say what she did. She was a mother at the time. And the, the, I believe her husband was the one. I think she came from a wealthy background also. But um, you see, this brings up an intriguing question because in, in my world of thinking, it's great to be a mother and stay home, and that's your job, and there's no problem with it. However, there's always that line of thought that what do you do with your life? Yeah. Do you make contributions? Do you educate yourself? Do you advance? What do you? Who are you? What do you become? That doesn't mean that every human being has value. My God, I think flies have value. Well, I think I think she did. I think she was educated and probably worked. She's very. I, I remember the the husband saying she was very independent. You know, when he met her, I think she worked, but I didn't well, we say what she did. There's some getting some sense of diplomacy or politics, but I know she's went to other. From, she lived in several countries. I, but, I, I, uh, but then again, what? You know, this planet is so mixed up. We come down, and sometimes we have to fulfill this karma. And who the hell knows where karma? You know, is is the Garden of Eden really the definition of karma, that we're serving consequences because some guy named Adam and some guy named Eve ate this apple, which wasn't an apple. They didn't have apple orchids. It wasn't the apple. I don't know how it got transformed to an apple to guess up the I don't know. I don't know. Why. So, well, the translation probably of the apple. The well, the apple, the apple has seeds and it looks like a pregnant belly. Oh, who knows? There might, you know, it might have been some wild fig, or they had fig leaves that they put on. So, you know, I don't know. I guess we're not here to. We'd have to go to the biblical scholars to trace the concept of what that really meant in the Hebrew or whatever language. But um, the idea that that we are here to face consequences. We are facing consequences. Consequences are incorporated into our existence from the day we're born. 
and, and they just get more complex as we get older. You know, consequences, your kid ditches school and he's now in detention. To someone robbing a bank and now they're in jail. We face consequences for our actions. The birthday code is a line of action. You have to look at it like an action movie. Oh boy, the movie starts. Uh, and, and now we're going to see the sequence of events. So you look at that line in your birth date and you, and to the best of your ability, maybe it takes some education, but to the best of your ability, you look at those numbers like they're points of narration with energies in between. And you're looking at your movie like an action film. Now, sometimes movies are in subtitles. Sometimes they're boring as hell. Sometimes they're musicals. Sometimes they're dramas. Sometimes they're comedies. And so the numbers act accordingly. But there's always action, even if it's just the action of a staged dialogue, like a staged play movie that's just all talky, talky, talky. Um, when I was a kid, I, I used to love going I went to every movie in the world, but sometimes I'd see these cold spy movies that black and white, and they would be really talky throughout the whole movie. You had to sit, I was like eight or nine, sit through mm-hmm. the whole thing, and maybe at the end, a gunfight or something. So it was exciting. more dialogue-oriented yeah. than action. And so I had to train myself to become absorbed, because I love movies so much, and books, to become absorbed in the action of dialogue, the action of words, and why words are spoken. And God forbid you are going to watch something by Harold Pinter, who, who the, the dialogue doesn't even condition, it's not even conditional upon the plot. You're just hearing a lot of people talking existentially, or, or Samuel Beckett, even Chekhov. You get this, this dialogue of people talking and you don't seem to be going anywhere. And you have to, your brain has to go into a place where this is existential. It's a metaphor. It's about life. There's some kind of simile pattern going on and it's representative of life. But I fortunately found action in that. Maybe that helped me to analyze that when you look at a person's birth date, how in the hell are you going to find action in a birth date? You have to incorporate it creatively. So when you're giving me this person's birth date and there's suddenly a heart attack and she's probably in the sequence between seven and four since she's crossed over at 25 to analyze her birth date correctly enough to see what was going on at 25. But she's between seven and four with a three division. And three is her higher number at 1974. So now you've got to go into that zone, figure out what's going on. And three is stomach. And, you know, the passage between her heart and her feet and that numbness is in her gut. I don't know um, how old her children were. I think actually she could have conceived maybe at 25 or at the end of 25 because her daughter, well, that wouldn't work because she was almost 33 when she died. Her daughter was six. She could have been, I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, at her turn crossover, she went to 14, which is her master number times two because it's four and 10. So, uh, yeah. To, to me, I mean, it's a medical condition. There was some, there was some interpretation or or theory that it might have been a homicide, but then he was cleared. Right. Uh-huh. Well, there was no life insurance policy. He wasn't having any affairs. There was no reason for him to kill her. And family members from both sides, her family and and his family, said it was an ideal idyllic rather marriage and um there was questions because she fell onto a magazine rack and the way that oh yeah the way that her neck neck appeared was perhaps that she had been strangled yeah we saw that one on tv yeah that's what i'm talking about i thought you were looking at it 
Yeah. No, I'm look, trying to, I'm as you're talking, I'm trying to find more information on her life, but unfortunately yeah. it only gives information on the end of her life, not any content. And there was before. a theory that she could have suffocated with her face, with her mouth against the magazines. One, right. One theorist said that, I recall. Right. However, I don't think her death was from suffocation. Well, I mean, what was the? I don't know what they said. She had a heart attack, but right, but what? Asphyxiation, but I don't know ultimately what the medical report or the coroner's report said the cause of death was. If it was asphyxiation or if it was her heart stopping, you know, they have to find, you know. I don't know, but but the but the cause was the heart stopped and she fell. She became unconscious, and then from there, circumstances took over. But the culprit was the heart for, um, which also includes the lungs in, in, the, in that area of the chakra system. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, you could, but in another in another person's birthday, you could analyze that broken four that reappears in the in the year as a solid four, as an opportunity to be able to gather the heart and you know restore it well, to something uh, transcendent. That or it is that in this lifetime she completed her karma. Uh, we don't know. But the theory is, is, is friendly to the idea that there might have been a completion in that, in that um, expiration of life. When we go into the... Are you uh, talking about immediate karma? The karma that she... I don't know. Well, there's I mean, immediate karma and there's overall generalized karma. Karma, right. So, I mean, as far as her death is concerned, I mean, if she completed her karma on an immediate level, the karma from that lifetime, and then she died. Well, her life would suggest that, she, that this was the completion of all karma because of the actualized seventh oh, four. So there, so you would advance the theory that this she completed this was it. job. Then what happened? Well, and she was a seven, so. Um, there's a terminology uh, that we're not going to share on the radio right now, but it's an original terminology that we came up with. But what well, after death, you go, you, you review your, your life. We've given that terminology. We've given that in a certain terminology that will be revealed in our book. Um, but in that in that zone, that is where all evidence, every hair on your head, is counted. Every day of your life becomes a dialogue that is represented as a review in a review of your life that you look at. And, witness, and a witness to in a soul world. If you're going through a process of judgment and not immediately transcending. Sometimes it happens, just it's an automatic place and you, you look at it. And you look at it just in review. When I was a kid, the, the kids on my block used to say, oh, when you drown, why you're drowning, it's supposed to be your fork. And you see your whole life pass as you're in a stage of drowning, after you've reached a safe state of unconsciousness, you see your whole life pass through you. When I was a kid, you know, that was more like um, an adventure story, mystical ghost story. But as I got older and started to really, in a mature way, talk to souls that have crossed over, I gathered more and more information about what went on in the afterlife. And... Indeed, a lot of these souls would convey to me, you're in your life. So make sure you make every day count and make sure you, 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 you look at every day and you're responsible. The responsibility. Because even the smallest things can creep up and zap you in the afterlife. And... Um, you know, in a broad way, we want to say when we die, we just, quote, go with angels and wings into heaven and we're resting and having a good time. And we have all these metaphors that we comfort ourselves with. But in reality, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I've never encountered the soul that says, well, I'm up here fishing. 
I'm sitting in my rocking chair talking to Uncle Bob, and we're just having a grand old time. We're pouring coffee and having a beer. It, I, I've never heard, you know, there, it, when, when, they're, when the soul's trying to translate to human beings what they're up to, they may, we refer they may to earthly actions. But there's no, there's yeah, but no that's zone. A way, that's the way that they're, I mean, using those metaphors is a way to connect with people that they're trying to, um, or that are trying to reach them, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, I don't expect to go to heaven and, and you, hey, Gabriel, we're out of tea. More tea over here, please. I don't expect that uh, this is a, a world where, where, where we continue our life from the planet. And now we're in these souls that, you know, just having a good time. You, you have to consider you're out of your body now. And there's no longer body stuff going on. It, nothing... Everything that gave enjoyment to your body and the brain connected to your body is not gone. No point. You're now without the body and you're in the soul. And the things of the soul are now vibrationally parts of your your existence. So the idea is that while you're on the planet, the you cannot succumb to the body to a level that compromises the, the the spirit. No, that's why it's... And people don't realize. Well, that's why it's wise on the, while you're living on, in the planet, on the planet, to start to investigate the soul and spirit. Because that's what you're going to be taking with you when you leave. You're not taking your body. Do your body thing. Have enjoyment. Do everything for your body that's necessary. Experience life. That we are on the planet. But remember... That part is leaving. We're not going to take that with us. What we're going to take with us is our soul and our spirit. Spirit is above the soul. Spirit is spirit is beyond any kind of karma. Right, but the soul carries the content of the body. So yeah, the soul carries the content of the body. So and our, that our, our activities on the planet the soul are going will collect to be, some of that. Yeah. But it won't be in the body. It will be now incorporated the in the soul. So um, it's sort of like, let's say you lived on land, and at a certain age, you are now going to live on a boat. No more land. You're now going to live on the boat. So while you're living on land, you better learn how to live on the boat, because you're no longer going to be on land when you reach 50 or 60. You're going to be living on this boat. So it's the same thing in a crude way of looking at it. You're living in your body, but when you die, you're going to be living on the boat. You're going to have to learn how to live on that boat. You're going to to learn how to live on the soul planet. Now, some people uh, cross over and they don't know anything about the soul. They never cared about it. They don't know anything about the spirit. And what I see those guys, those people do, is they go into like this school. They go into this energy where they're counseled by angels and guides because their soul, even though they were in denial on the planet, their soul inside does know what the conditions are of the astral plane. They may have inhibited that on the planet, but their soul knows. So when those people die, there's, they re- their soul is now the light switch goes on. And the soul is now at a certain level of awareness. And then that is part and parcel to how the spirits and guides come in. So can we look at this woman's birth date and consider, you know, you'd have to consider what was her experience in spirit. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't... There's no biography. She was Jewish. I mean, as far as religious background, they were Jewish. So I don't know how involved she was in her in her faith. It doesn't. Well, I say. don't know. I mean, you you get ten Jews in a room and six of them are misfit or botanists. Right. Well, what's really interesting one. to me about Jew, Jewish people is that so there's so many secular Jews. Yeah. You know. It's, it's uh, surprising. It, we have a call a little bit. 
you know, typically speaking, in the Jewish religion, you're, you're, you need to be bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, and go through the process of education and all that. Not all do, but it, you know, it all depends. There's, there's uh, conservative Jews, reformed Jews, agnostic Jews. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, so, you know. Yeah, and actually, there was uh, something I was, there was somebody, I don't know what it was, but they were, the father was a rabbi, but he was a, uh, an atheist rabbi. I th- said to you, how can this be, how can this be, how can there be an atheist rabbi, a rabbi who doesn't believe in God, a Jewish rabbi? Well, I know you went to the philosophical Yeah, the they plane. go into a very intellectual space. But, you know, I mean, Judaism isn't a whole, W-H-O-L-A, religion, in terms of its politics. Look what's going on in Israel. We've got the conservative standing uh, prime minister. We've got, the, we've got the conservative standing leadership. Yes. And we've got Jews that are more liberal, who are, who are more uh, comfortable with the idea of a Palestinian state, a split state. We have Jews that are totally orthodox and strict and don't want to hear anything about it. There's a split even within the country, even within the state of Israel itself. And when you look at that, there's either the fever of this is the holy land, this is the Jews' holy land, and we, this is our world, and, and we're not going to let it be polluted with anything that would be otherwise anti-Jewish. And then there are those Jews who say, well, the Palestinians have a right to be here too. We need to coexist. We have to stop this bloodshed and fighting, and we have to learn to live together. And that becomes somewhat of a holy land, Jewish state, political fever of whether it's religion or the passion of heredity or whatever it is, the promised land, this land. And we get into, you know, what, what we get into the basics is that settlement brings us problems. As soon as we settle, we have problems. As soon as we build a structure on the face of the planet and define that structure, this is the post office, this is the jail, this is the meeting Right, house. I mean, look at, look at the conflicts people have in a neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So we Much don't... less, you know, a, you know, a country. It's a it's a matter it's a philosophical statement because we we are a structure within our body we have our personal space but as soon as we establish a settlement as soon as we establish a dwelling as soon as we occupy a certain territory and start to define it by what we build on it and what that building represents and how we carry out the laws and regulations that extend beyond the building then we start to have obviously problems. It's the same thing happens in the state of our existence. We come to the planet, and as soon as we're on the planet, we start to settle. We start to build a settlement of our intellect, of our psyche, of our beliefs, of our patterns. And then that obviously draws divisions, whether within ourselves, you know, before you condemn somebody else, take the mode out of your own eye, Look at yourself, uh, or, or whether it involves that Others. you always are pointing the finger at somebody else and considering whether they confine to your ideas or not, or whether we live in, you know, it used to be called, you know, is it anymore, the melting pot. Oh, yeah. The melting pot. That was a term that you had to learn in history. I know, and the, the, what it implies is really a, a, that people have to blend together and give up their identity. So now it's mosaic, where people retain more of their cultural heritage yeah. than the idea of the melting pot, which you know homogenizes everyone. Though I don't know, I mean. Yeah. We're I, I going was through tenth grade. I had this homogenization great, process right now, in my opinion. Oh, I so was in this uh, great, I was in the 10th grade, and I was in this history class with this great teacher named Mr. Rogan. And 
he was fabulous and he was a great teacher and he used a lot of humor in his approach to teaching. And the first time I really heard the really the first time I really heard intellectually the word melting pot was in his classroom and he made jokes about what it really meant. He said he always made jokes. He had a picture of a gorilla on the on his wall that said Big Brother is watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were kind of corny, but he, he he was he was a fabulous teacher, fabulous human being. But he he was able to uh, define in in elaborate terms what the melting pot really meant and why it was called the melting pot was because we live in a in a in a, in a country. That is a blending of nationality. Right. Well, and we all come together into this massive stew, if you will, to where every part means something. We're all intricately involved in the planet. Um, Chris and I take it further, of course, amongst others, that we're, that we're connected to birds, animals, even insects. My God, you know, insects. I, we save insects. I, I, I saved a bee today, and I thought, my God, I feel so good I saved this bee. Uh, even a little fly. I saw a little fly struggling in water. Yeah. And I put my finger in and saved it. The fly didn't know I saved him. The little gnat didn't know I saved him. But I saved him, flew away, continued with his life. But it's all part of the network. So... When you look at a birthday, it's the same thing. You're looking at numbers that correlate one to the other. And you bring up this woman and her relationship to her code, which obviously came to a sad end prematurely. Uh, maybe part of the eloquence of her existence, even though it was bittersweet. Yeah, I mean, she didn't produce children. She produced children, so there's that, and you know, the the fact that there was an incomplete energy in her life because she was taken prematurely, and she was supposed to raise those kids, um, you know, and do whatever else she was supposed to do on the planet. So yeah, I mean, we have to, you have to really, I mean, hopefully, in our book. Once we've got it published and out there, people will be reading it, one thing. And then two, that they will use it perhaps as a guide. Guide, manual. understand their own existence in relation to this elaborate code system that we hope to demonstrate uh, in narration form what the numbers in a birthday really mean. Instead of just saying you know, oh, you're a master number, such and such, and, you know, you're, you know, you're delightful, you like to have parties, but, you know, you like to have your personal space. Oh, God. If, if that's all there is to the code of our life, oh, it, I don't know. It, it's pretty, it's a snack bar of existence to me with candy. It doesn't, there's no substance. So there's got to be something deeper. So when it, when we look at birth dates, when we look at people's lives, when Chris and I are doing readings together, we look at the depth. We go deeply into the into a person's existence. We just don't go lightly. Sure, we can answer a question. Speaking of which. Or the boyfriend going to come back? We can answer that. It's a convenient thing to do. It's polite. And, you know, it doesn't minimize anything on the person's I mean, we, we take fast interest in a person's life. Which we need to do right now. Yeah. Because we have a caller. We already lost Kay, I believe, was calling. Hello. Hello. This is Lucy. How are you? Hi, Lucy. I knew it was her as soon as she said hello. Hi, Lucy. How are yeah. you? Yeah. Good. Well, good, good. What time is your show? Because I I didn't see it at twelve, twelve thirty. So well, oh, it's it's, it's at nine. But we had, I mean, it's twelve your time. But we had some internet issues. That may have been why it didn't uh, show up um, on the on the screen. On the black Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But now it's showing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
So that's why. So what's going on, Lucy? How's no, the house? That's the question, yeah. Yeah, it's still pending. I don't know what's going on. Something like the bank appraiser came. It's a lady. I don't know. Yes. She tends to... 62. What month? October. Sorry, I'm relaying your birthday to Neil. 678 She's having trouble selling her house. She's 26 adding this up right now. Yeah, you're having trouble selling the house. No trouble. It's, it's kind of on the waters. I don't know if trouble or not. I don't want to call it trouble, but I'm kind of like, okay, now what's next? We still had the, the bank came to see the house. Okay. Uh, the lady's very neat, like a specific. She went around the house and everything. We waiting for her to do to send a report to the bank and so uh, I to, to see what happened. What you're talking about? Say again. What what is what is I'm 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 unclear on what report you mean. So someone came to the house for the bank. The bank. The bank from the bank. <laughs> They have yep. they, in New York. They have to come to the house and uh, appraise it. That's yeah. I said then we waiting. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. So you're waiting for the appraisal. Yeah. Yes, uh, for the bank appraisal. Mhm. So I so you're required to do that, but you didn't do it prior to putting it on the market. Why? No, no, no. Because that's from the person that is going to buy to see if they're going to be approved oh. from the bank. I see. So you have an offer. I have an offer, yes. You have an mm-hmm. offer, but it's pending. So that's, okay. We had a contract already with that people, but then their bank has to send an appraiser. And then I saw the the budget, the, the budget's um, realtor will come and nobody came, just me showing the house. Okay, so... So what we've got to do, Lucy, is unblock whatever's causing these delays. When was the appraisal? Yesterday. So. Oh, the day before yesterday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Wednesday was the appraisal. Mm -hmm. Wednesday. So, I mean, they made an offer, but you're required to have an appraisal after the offer is made. Is that how it works? They, they, they buyer. Required to send a bank because they're making a loan. Then the bank okay. has to come to the house to see the money they're gonna lend so from the from the. So there's not I, to the bank. There's not a. I mean, it's not really. We can't qualify it as a delay exactly because it's part of the normal process well, of the, bank, the offer. Yeah, but the bank has to come to the house. The bank has they to already come did. To the no, the they bank did. came to the house. No, it's Wednesday. They did. They did the appraisal. That's who the bank is. The appraisal is the bank. Okay, so Lucy, in very short words, what do you what what are we waiting for? What has to happen next? Okay, the, we need to uh, what is going to happen next to see. I would like to see, her name is Barbara, but it's a couple of modifications. She, she say oh because she goes to her house and she compare, uh, she compare the prices and she compare the layout that was originally with the layout that is now. Uh-huh. Then so, uh, she's through. like very picky because she already called the buyer. Oh, uh, they modified this, they modified that. Um, I have to, then I don't know, Barbara, how she's going to add. Is she going to approve the, the the buyers or not? That's your question. Because is she, she going to approve the buyers yes. or not? Yes. Because the appraisal uh, should be higher because you've made modifications and updates to the home than what it would have been if you would have kept the original. In New Year, they're very picky. In New Year, you have to, even if you're going to uh, if you're gonna, uh, get a above swimming pool, you got to ask for permission. Yeah, it's the same if way. You're gonna, yeah. Is it in uh, California too? Yeah, we have to yeah. get permits for everything. So, um, yeah, and if you make everything. 
if you make modifications to the home that aren't approved and you so try to sell, then you be, might be able not be able to sell or you get severely fined. Barbara's so. offer may not coincide with the I appraisal. I think, is Barbara, Barbara's the appraiser or Barbara's the buyer? Barbara is the appraiser. Yeah. Barbara is the one that is the bank appraiser. So you're wondering what Barbara, if Barbara's going to approve the offer. Mm-hmm. They're going to approve the, their loan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what we'll do for you. We will say that by next Thursday, this is wrapped up and it goes through. We'll just put it out there that by next Thursday, it's done. Okay. I don't know if it will mm-hmm. work, Lucy, but we'll try. Yeah, and what you'll have to do is call us back and let us know if it worked or not. Um, yeah, and then, yes. Mm-hmm. For me, it's okay because the house is going to be no matter what, yeah? And Listen, then yeah. I went to look for a place, and the, the places are all full, and they, they, I found a nice place that I like, and it's going to be available by August 1st or August 15th. Is it a rental? And everything is, yeah, a rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a condo or townhome? Or? It is it's an apartment. Oh, an it's apartment. like a town hall apartment, kind of. Is it up? Is it one floor or two? It is one floor. One floor, so it's more of like a an apartment. apartment. Mhm. She's yeah. selling. She's selling her home and living in an apartment. Yeah. And you just want to save money, is that why? Hey, why I'm gonna go to an apartment just to just to. Because a house needs a lot of maintenance, and now the houses around here are super expensive. Do you have a lot of equity like, in your home? That's what, mm, kind of. So like, you, and now I cannot even. Now I don't have a job. Well, why do you want to move? Because the house is too much. Is the house too much for you? The house is a lot. Yes, he's getting a lot, and then now I don't have a job. Yeah, but you have passive income from your second home that you own. You have renters, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So you you yes. do make money from that. You are, yes. there's an income coming mm-hmm. in that you're going to live off of? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll put yeah, it for me, she says to pay rent. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the only problem with rent, of course, I know you're saying houses are super expensive, but the only problem with rent is that you're just kind of, burning your money you don't well well you own property but you want to rent because you don't want the responsibilities of living in a home that you have to keep taking care of yes mm-hmm. you're figuring that by getting the income from your from your other properties you're able to sustain mm-hmm. yourself right. while you live in this apartment yes. and you eliminate mm-hmm. all the yes. responsibilities of having a yes. home all right well yes. i mean that's okay you're a single that's fine we're going to put out energy yes. and we get it now we're going to put out energy that um, everything will be solved maybe by next Thursday. You know, it doesn't, it seems like this is just a matter of physicality. You know, people just, things take time. Time, exactly. You know, it's a process. I don't think there's anything mm. deep going on here. Um, you're not drowning or anything. You just want to get this thing no. done. Mm-mm. I said, well, I told Yes. No, I'm just saying it's good that you've got, I mean, now you're in the process of actually selling the home. It's not that you're, you've got on the market. Do you have market. animals? Do you have a cat or anything? Um, I don't know. Do you have any animals, dog, Lucy? Maybe. I don't know. Yes, I had a dog. Dog. Oh, because I kept seeing an animal. I thought it was a cat, but I kept seeing an animal jumping up on your bed. A small dog? Is it a small dog? Yes. Yes, it's yeah. a beautiful dog, yes. Does, oh. he, does he like to jump up on your bed? Yeah, but he doesn't do it because uh, he was he was told not to. No, oh. <laughs> but if I give him permission, he will. <laughs> He's not allowed to sleep. I with have you. to. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Did he used to jump up on your bed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I'm just getting a signal that he's mad at you because you don't allow him to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to give him permission. If I if they, like pat on the bed, he will jump. Otherwise, oh, you won't. You give, him, you give him permission? If I give him permission, he will. But do you do if that? Do you, do you still give him permission? So, sometimes, randomly. 
Mm-hmm. Well, do it do it twice a week. Oh, okay. Do it twice a week. I'll oh. be happy. Yeah, because I most likely uh, go to his bed every night, brush his teeth, and stay with him like 10 minutes. Uh, just patting him around and uh, talking well, to right. him. But every, yeah. but a little bit, you know, if you if you let him on your bed about twice a week, let him lay there, he's going to live longer. Okay. I'm going to send you a picture. He's so cute. And then people t- keep telling me, just start sending me pictures because... What kind of dog is he? He's just a dog. It's a um, terrier, Australian terrier, Yorkie. Oh. He's so cute. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Australian terrier, Yorkie. Oh. Next. Mm-hmm. Next. He's pure. Yeah. yeah. Well, let him, you know, he'll be happier and his energy will be better. Twice a week, let him sit up there and let him have a nice time up there, and you, he'll be very happy. Oh, really? Okay, I will. Well, yeah, and yeah. let us know. We're, we got to close the show, but um, but let us know what happens with the home. Or give us a call next week. Oh, okay, and I, I'm going to send you a picture of the baby. Oh, yeah, send a picture. We would love to see you. Yeah, call. I call him baby, but he's already aged a little bit, yes. He's already a what? Picture. He has like 11, he's 11 or 12, something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 He's still yeah. so yeah. cute. You, 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 might have to, you might have to pick him up to put on the bed because uh, soon enough he'll be having arthritis. Great. I saw that yesterday. That's the reason that today I didn't, I saw him, he's uh, licking his uh, joints. Yeah. And I went to him, and I keep patting him, and then uh, I yeah. say today, Lucy, and nobody takes him. Lucy, when you pick him up, gently, don't let him jump down. Gently put him on the ground. Gently put him on the bed. Yeah, he let him know that when you're going to release him, he's not going to have to jump. Uh, Make okay. sure I saw that. Mm-hmm. No, you know, support him until his paws are on the ground. Okay, Lucy. Lucy, um, thank you for calling. We gotta, we gotta close. But let us know. And thank send you a so much. You're welcome. And we will be back on the air next Wednesday at our regular time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Bye bye.